0: don't wait visit sonobello.com slash save sonobello.com slash save sonobello.com slash save
2: the we're going family style deal because i want a bite of your big mac and i need some of your i'll try your filet of fish there's a deal for every friend group at mcdonald's order any two classics for just six bucks price of participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer
3: Welcome back to the X1 everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates around the world. Our toll free number is 1 528 That's 1 528 8255. My guest this hour, as he is every Thursday evening, is, or Thursday morning, I guess, it depends where you are in the world, Thursday evening in some parts of the, of the United States and other parts it's tomorrow. God, these timelines drive me nuts at times. Uh, Is Cal Korf. Cal joins us from Prague, Czechoslovakia. Hey, Cal, how are you tonight?
4: I'm fine, Rob. Uh, good to be back.
3: So what's new, Cal?
4: Uh, well, uh, tonight, uh, uh, depending on what time zone you're in, I guess uh, it was 34 years ago uh, today that uh, I started down this UFO road, so to speak. And uh, it's just a reminder that time flies. It doesn't feel like 34 years, but uh, on the other hand, some memories uh, seem like quite a bit longer, I guess.
3: What changes have you seen in ufology since you started your quest to uh, find the answer?
4: Well, I think the biggest thing is that the uh, core fundamental um, wellsprings of what I saw as a budding science uh, Mm -hmm. as a young boy starting this this was in October 19th of 1973, and this was during the um, UFO wave of 1973. What happened real briefly was when I was in sixth grade, we were required to bring in newspaper articles about uh, what was going on in the world, mm-hmm. and my family didn't subscribe to a newspaper. And so one day, literally, every, every kid in our class brought in only UFO articles, and I'd never even heard of the phenomenon before. And, uh, of course, for the next few weeks, they dominated the headlines, and there were just sightings by thousands of people. And the one case that really um, got me at the time, which I think is symptomatic of of what is going on in the field today, and it's ultimately the answer to your question, was the famous Greenhaw case uh, of October 17, 1973, where a police officer named Jeff Greenhaw took four Polaroid photographs of what were supposed to be a creature standing in the middle of the road and you can see the lights uh, reflecting from the flash off the suit and so on. And he claims that this thing ran away from him and escaped and ran faster than any human being he'd ever seen. So when a police officer does that, you it's either real or it's not. Uh, it, it can't be something in between. It can't be misinterpreted, misinterpreted swamp gas or anything like that. And so uh, when I saw that case as a child, I realized that, okay, the ultimate truth to the UFO issue is binary. And no matter what that truth is, we have nothing but uh, to gain from that truth. Meaning, let's say there's nothing to UFOs at all. Let's mm-hmm. say that we're just delusional. We need to know that because we've got nuclear weapons. On the other hand, if we're being visited, we need to know that too. So what I see that has been lost today versus when I was growing up at that time, even when the von Däniken phenomenon was hitting, I, I see the core science and the scientific principles that are lost. People mix the term flying saucer and ufo casually as if they're automatically the same thing i see basic core principles of science being lost i see uneven standards of evidence and that's why i'm glad that a lot of this stuff is finally being exposed and that we're going to try to force people back to the the beginning and the basics and i think there are a handful of researchers that are doing that i think the uh, mj-12 expose by greenwood and so on is a good example of that
3: all right let's talk about that when we come back from this commercial break Cal calcorp's our guest www.calcorf.com. 1 877 5288255 is toll free if you'd like to give us a call and speak to Cal. Ask him any questions you'd like. He's not afraid to answer. However, there are people who write these letters, one after the other, who, when invited to come on this show to talk to Cal 101, they cower. They run the other way, probably running to get their mommy saying, Calcorf will actually talk to me, and I just can't write all these nasty things about him because I have to tell him face to face. What a bunch of cowards. I'll be back on the other side with Cal Corf as we continue right here on Talkstar.
0: Don't wait. Visit Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. Have a good day. The demand for healthcare professionals who deliver both comfort and critical care is growing. FindNursingSchools.com
5: connected me with an accelerated bachelor's of nursing degree program in my area with expanded capacity so I could complete the program in 16 months. Now I'm on the path
0: to an in-demand career that offers job stability, flexible schedules, competitive pay, and the choice of where to work. Visit FindNursingSchools.com to begin your journey today.
4: I'm a loser. I'm
3: a loser. And I'm not what I appear to be. Of all the love I have won or have lost, there is one love I should never have crossed. She was a girl in a million, my friend. I should have known she would
2: win in the end. I'm a loser and I love
3: someone. This song is dedicated to all the people who write me these emails about Calcorp and when I invite them onto this show, they cower. They're real losers. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the u s Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five Hey Cal welcome back and you know I know I, I I see the emails that these people send you and uh you now don't they have anything better to do with their time?
4: You know, I don't know. It, it's, it's rather interesting because, uh, as I think I mentioned before, we were really worried that we weren't going to have enough material for five years like we hoped to mm-hmm. do these projects. But now we have so much material, and this is before we really air the first stuff, that uh, they're just writing their own scripts. So I, I just I, I like the idea that we're taking their claims, whatever they are, and we're turning them into products that consumers can get in all kinds of different forms. And then people can decide whatever they want because at least they'll have their claims plus our evidence showing whatever is or isn't true. Um, I put up just for the show, Rob, on Calcorf.com, a bunch of images um, that uh, go back many, many years, uh, back 34 years. Uh, on the website I put actual copies of newspaper clippings from high school. You see Stan Friedman and I mm-hmm. there. And uh, you see also the first uh, clippings uh, when I was a teenager at age 13 doing the lectures after meeting him.
3: And that's at calcorf.com. At
4: at calcorf.com. It's on the front page. And um, there's also clippings from the uh, Kennedy assassination research that started in Kennedy High School when I went there. Uh, That took 16 years. And then as it scrolls down there, there's also the uh, expose that was done in the Phoenix New Times concerning the Phoenix Lights that can be found on the Internet. It's a reporter that wrote it. Uh, uh, it's his article, but the cover of the uh, magazine is there so people can see that.
6: Mm-hmm. And
4: then just below that is actually a newspaper article from Lawrence Livermore Lab. And there was a uh, UFO researcher earlier this week who wrote a, a notice and said, "Well, just because it's in the newspaper doesn't mean it's automatically true." Well, it depends on the clipping. Uh, in this particular newspaper article. It was written only because I had been hired at the lab. In other words, I didn't call up the reporter and say, hey, I want to promote something. They called me because they heard about it, and that's why they put in the title about UFO buff focuses attention on the computer network Mm -hmm. at the lab. And then um, so this particular clipping is uh, actually smoking gun evidence that the event happened, but yet the claim that it's not proof of anything is a good example of what I call ufoology, and then to the right of this is the actual poster from Lawrence Livermore Lab from uh that was tied in with human resources about the party that they threw for me when I was leaving. And I had to laugh at that because the woman who made the, the poster, uh, she had a great sense of humor. Uh her name was Sonny. And uh she put Batman on there and Spock and uh it looks like a robot in Leonardo da Vinci. And she had something that said, Who knows what's on the mind at CalCorp, but let's throw a party anyway. And uh, she had pegged me with these four little icons, because I was known at the lab for being into Star Trek, for uh, being uh, into all these things, from Mm -hmm. writing to uh, doing research to uh, trying to fight for causes, so to speak. And uh, I certainly viewed uh, what was going on in SDI and what we're doing at the lab as a cause, as was even working on computers to try to work at Apple and uh, help bring graphical user interfaces to people. And uh, Get away from these command line uh, programs and these green screens that everyone was hooked on at the time because back then in the late 1980s the mouse was still a new thing it was pretty much exclusively to apple at that time and then the other clippings down here are just from major appearances like msnbc uh that was an all-day event on the pathfinder landing i was honored to appear i was a lieutenant at the time i was honored to appear with captain uh, jo- jim mccandrew uh, who did the air force reinvestigation of roswell Uh, that blew open mogul or helped establish it. And then I was on with Colonel Joe Kittinger that day, who still holds the world's record for the highest uh, parachute jump. These are real heroes, and uh, I was one of four people chosen to be on that show all day as Pathfinder was landing and to talk about Roswell. We were broadcasting from Roswell. And then uh, down below that's a rather interesting image because it has direct bearing on Major Kevin Randall. It's actually a still from a debate we had years ago on NBC TV where I caught Major Randall being less than, shall we say, I call it honest on Roswell, I actually had to stop him when he made the claim that he had tape recordings of Major Edwin Easley talking about bodies and aliens, and I knew that wasn't true. And if I didn't stop Randall at that point, and this is all on the tape, and this is actually a still from that moment, he would have gotten away with the claim that he had tape recordings. And the fact is, there are no tape recordings of Easley saying that because Easley never said that. So if I hadn't jumped down Randall's throat, Ben Roode interrupted him at that time during our one and only debate, which he's never talked about, uh, and this is that moment there, you can see, um, he would have gotten away with that claim, and you can't accidentally say you've got tape recordings when you never made them. Right. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't know of a, of, a, of a mistake that somebody can make that way, but that's up for Randall to explain. Then so we got the uh, Stills from Discovery Channel from the Area 51 special and the Phoenix Light special showing their military operations. And then down below are books I've been involved in that people just don't know that I had kind of a secret involvement in everything from supplying material to uh, helping do editing and research. It's been dozens of books. I've actually helped get books published like Greg Long's book on Bigfoot because I think works like that need a good publisher and Prometheus fit that bill.
3: One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free. Cal Korf is our special guest. And Cal... Before we went to the break, we were talking about the MJ-12 documents and how they've been exposed.
4: Yes, uh, there's a very good research paper done by Barry Greenwood and Brad Sparks. Uh, I've known Brad Sparks Mm -hmm. uh, for many, many years. He's uh, the closest UFO researcher to me, actually, as far as the way we think and uh, friendship-wise, age-wise. It's a joint paper by both of them. And if you look at the, uh, the images that I put up on my website, going back to high school, where you see Friedman and I People forget, especially my critics, that I'm actually one of the uh, senior Roswell researchers out there, meaning I essentially grew up with Friedman and Moore. I was there when the Roswell stuff was going down. I was privy to stuff that people have just forgotten about and certainly weren't there. And these were people who jumped into the investigation years later, like Kevin Randall, after Roswell was already well-known. And so I absolutely know that uh, MJ-12 is fake. And as I wrote and showed in my own Roswell expose book, when I got my clearance at Lawrence Livermore Lab, I guarantee you, and I admit there's nothing wrong with it, one of the first things I did was to go check the records of what was going on in New Mexico for anything that might account for Roswell and some other cases that I had interest in at the time. And when I got to look in the so-called UFO box, for lack of a better term, or projects that were going on which uh, still have not fully been declassified that do explain the incidents that were going on at that time, I was uh, a little disappointed that there really wasn't much there. And when I finally interviewed, in, including Dr. Menzel's widow, which is in the book, uh, it was very clear that uh, there was no group like an MJ-12. It wasn't called MJ-12, and Menzel certainly wasn't part of it. And I got to see his files because I had the access to... Uh, uh, I had the, level, the clearance level to access them, and I actually had them tied into a project where we were indexing classified records, uh, bringing in hyper... Uh, text technologies where you could click on a hot spot on the screen, this was before the internet days, and then the data would would zoom in and and, uh, you would jump to that spot. And I used Menzel's records uh, to demonstrate the concept. It was a great way to merge stuff and uh, allow me to kill two birds with one stone, and that's why I was able to write about it years later. So this expose is great because if the original MJ-12 documents are frauds, Mm -hmm. which they are, The later ones cannot be real either, and those, of course, were exposed in yet a different study uh, done by a scientist a couple months earlier, and they're both independent works of independent sets of documents, but the version is unanimous. They are frauds.
3: Now, Cal, uh, uh, one of our listeners would like me to ask you a question here. Her name is uh, Samantha, and she's listening to us in Oakland, California, and she says, Cal, why do you think America is going back to the moon?
4: well i think we're doing it because to be honest with you (laughs) for the same reason we we did it before and and i think it's embarrassing as human beings to admit this we're doing it because we've got competition again Uh, one of the things i admired about star trek is that you just went out there and and learned everything you could learn didn't matter But uh, boy was i disillusioned as a boy growing up learning that the only reason we tend to explore space is military reasons and because we don't want the russians to beat us at anything I understand the reason for that, but it's just a shame that that's our main motive. So the reason we're going back is because of the announcements like yesterday and today. China has announced, for example, that they're going to establish now the Communist Party in space. They want at least three people in an office up there attending the Communist Party functions at all time, permanently in space. Russia's <laughs> announced they're going back up there. Japan's going to go up there. Europe's trying to hit your ride somewhere. So the moon race is back on for commercial reasons and ego reasons. Unfortunately, it's not uh, there for uniting humanity reasons, and and that's unfortunate.
3: All right, let me see. I've got some uh, emails coming in here. Oh, here. Cal, what do you think about Russia's stance when it comes to the nuclear work that Iran is doing?
4: Well, I admire Russia for going ahead and uh, taking the position that... uh, they're going to try to control the actual custody of the fuel rods. It, it scares me, though, the idea that uh, Iran, which does sponsor terrorist groups, would sit there and maybe later do what North Korea did, and that is right under Russian uh, noses, say, well, forget you were taking the stuff anyway and turn it into uh, a nuclear weapon. We have to remember that they don't need a missile to deliver it. They just need to smuggle it into Israel and, and blow it up. And the leadership of Iran has always made very clear that uh To destroy Israel is essentially a one-bomb stunt or event. Uh, They specifically said one decent-sized bomb in the middle of Tel Aviv, that's it. And they're they're basically right. Um, I think Russia is trying to do the right thing in principle, but I think at the end of the day, because these guys sponsor terrorism, they cannot be trusted, they cannot be held to the standards of what we call decent uh, Western civilization or uh, a trustworthiness that Mm -hmm. isn't there. As long as it isn't there and they have no decent human rights record, we are deluding ourselves if we think they can be trusted. So we are courting disaster. They're going to cheat. They're going to try to get the bomb, and we're going to have to stop them militarily. That's the conclusion in the book that I'm sending off to Prometheus very shortly on terrorism. We are going to war, folks. It already has started. It, it's, each side is, is picking at each other already. Each side is jockeying for position. We are heading for war because this is, again, ultimately about our principles. We are at a crossroads where mm-hmm. we have to say, look, either what Iran stands for is right or it's wrong, and we need to stop. Cal, stand
3: by. We've got to take a commercial break. When don't we come back, we're going to be talking about Bigfoot. It's the 40th anniversary of the Patterson-Gimlin film. We'll also be joined by Henry May here on the X-Zone as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
0: Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save.
5: One day at midnight, the sun was so bright. The moon had no light, but I could see this big old Sasquatch said he was top notch At playing hopscotch Way up in a tree So I bet my wristwatch That big old Sasquatch Could never play hopscotch Way up in a tree Now there's
3: a Sasquatch Up in a tree Welcome back everyone. Just a reminder that next Wednesday wristwatch. is premier psychic night here on the Exxon Radio Show. For the last two hours of the show we'll have Two of the psychics from Premier Psychics, Ellen West, will be with us with a guest psychic from Premier Psychics. And uh, as you know, Exonation, having some idea of what is going on in your future, whether it be your career or love life, for example, can be very important. If you are having any doubts or fears about love, career, money, family, whatever the case may be, call Premier Psychics at one eight six six. Eight zero three six five nine three. That's one eight six six eight zero three six five nine three. Or visit them at www.premierpsychics.com. The psychics at Premier Psychics will give you a glimpse into your future. So look to Premier Psychics and see. Our guest is uh, Cal Korf as he joins me each and every uh, Thursday night at this time. And Cal, I've got a message for you here from one of our uh, listeners and uh, just let me get it here and it says I have so much respect for Mr. Korf as he has the courage of his convictions and the blood, sweat and tears necessary to build a cohesive stance of many important issues we are all dealing with today Mr. Korf, congratulations on being an authentic, intelligent and articulate human being
4: oh wow thank you, that's very nice to whoever sent that thank you very much
3: Cal, it's the 40th anniversary of Dum-dum-dum-dum Bigfoot yes. being filmed at Bluff Creek. Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. Yes,
4: wonderful name for a wonderful event. Uh, by the way, yeah. I just realized when I heard the Bigfoot song that, that doesn't that sound just like Hieronymus if he were to sing that song? Doesn't his voice sound a bit like Hieronymus? Yeah, it does
3: come to think of it.
4: I think so, too. I'm going to ask bob hopefully he's going to do our interview shortly with uh, rick neal who's mm-hmm. the brother of roy neal um hopefully he'll sing uh some of that and we'll, we'll compare and then we'll see if there's another conspiracy brewing out there between bob Hieronymus and whoever did that do spot. you mean
3: stomping tom connors may actually be bob Hieronymus?
4: Well, maybe there's a dna connection
3: oh you never uh, know but
4: all those bigfoot experts with all those dna collections they have and have them do those high-tech comparisons
3: speaking you know. about uh, dna connections and bigfoot joining us now is henry may from the american bigfoot society hey henry
6: hello rob hello cal how are you
3: we're doing fine uh so how have you within the american bigfoot society been celebrating the 40th anniversary of the bigfoot film at bluff creek
6: well we've um We're actually doing a show uh, Saturday night, uh, the Sasquatch Experience, which will be celebrating the 40th year, 40th anniversary, and uh, we're going to have uh, M.K. Davis on um, to discuss some of his work on the film and Mm -hmm. things like that. You know, that's just basically what we're doing, uh, and maybe watching the film or something like that. So
3: do you guys still think that this is a real
6: Bigfoot? Well, okay, um... Yeah, some of us do, anyway. Why? (laughs) Well, the thing is, you know, in 40 years, um, no Hollywood special effects uh, person or makeup artist has come up with anything uh, to even compare to it.
3: Well, wait a sec here, Cal. How do you feel about that?
6: Well,
4: (laughs) since we're the only people who managed to put him in a suit by a guy who made the original suit, uh, I would disagree with that, but... You know, Rob, I have some really good news, and hopefully this is a very, very loud message, hint, hint, to all those critics out there, especially in the UFO field. Uh, The reason Henry's on here tonight is we want to honor this event, because we have to admit that, whether it's real or not, Roger Patterson pulled a humdinger. Oh, he sure did. One for the history books.
3: (laughs) He was a bit of a con artist.
4: Oh, absolutely, and that's something that Greg Long really did establish a pattern of uh, in his book, at least I think so. And I was surprised because uh, I knew nothing about Patterson's background, really. I only had information from Kivyat in relation to the case, but not Patterson uh, as a larger figure. That information uh-huh. came from Greg Long. But uh, real quickly, um, I'm pleased to announce that I'm working with Henry and one other researcher uh, to cull together the all the issues, all the so-called questions which are outstanding from the believers, from all the... Uh, including individuals like John Green. We're putting all this stuff into one bucket, so to speak. We're going to sit Bob Peronimus down, and he's going to do his uh, country best to answer them. And then whatever the answer is, we're going to let the chips fall where they may and then call it a day, basically. That, that's all we can really do. Uh, it, uh, But the fact is, nobody's running from anybody. So the claims like the UFO field makes it, oh, we're afraid to... Con- to uh, uh, confront the truth or whatever, just are not true. And I think the fact that uh, Henry and I have come full circle in our relationship, and I think this is the beginning now of some neat cooperation, uh, I think the UFO field should learn from this, especially uh, when I get these hostile emails from younger UFO or people who are into the UFO field that are basically recent entries. They have no idea of the, of the real background in history here and how it, it has been pretty solid in the past, and that's what we need to go back to. Just like uh, the Patterson film itself, there are some basics that you can go back to that all sides need to look at, and they either agree to disagree or they must agree that uh, something is not right there.
3: Henry,
6: mm-hmm. what yeah, do you have,
3: What do you have to say about that?
6: Well, I tell you what. You know, it's a very exciting thing. You know, and, and as, I, as I've said before, and, and I and I will repeat this for the upteenth time. You know, I, I'm convinced the film is real by seventy five percent, but. If it can be proven conclusively to be a hoax, you know uh, you know it won't bother me all that much because um I've had two encounters you know and and, and I know that they're out there you know we're, we're separate from this you know separate from this piece of film mm-hmm. it, there is a mystery to be solved there
3: i agree I agree there is a mystery to be solved but i i you know, I still can't believe that people actually look at the Roger Patterson film. And say, "Wow, there's Bigfoot!" That just boggles my imagination.
6: Well, some people they listen to Bob Hieronymus and his seemingly contradictory stories. They say, "Well, I can't believe he could have been the guy in the suit." So,
3: uh, where does a, where does Bob Hieronymus contradict himself?
6: Well, let's see. He originally said that um, the film was in, or that that the, the suit was in three pieces, um, and then uh, Philip Morris contradicted that and said it was six pieces. Um and then uh Hieronymus said uh on uh 2 out of portland oregon that the suit was was designed by um uh, the late john chambers which that, that you know not philip morris you know so um, um i can the, answer I take it to those uh, it's they're those I are probably account, some uh, just, just a sec, like gentlemen
3: gentlemen 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 you can on, one can only talk their time cal go ahead
4: i'm sorry i i couldn't hear um, I, that's why I, I went too long, and before the last break, I, I couldn't hear. Okay. Um, the um, those are two of the those are two valid questions. L- let's give them their credit, and uh, it's a credit to the Bigfoot community that they pointed these out. Mm-hmm. I myself didn't realize that the uh, costume descriptions given from the different interviews that are in Greg Long's book, from the tape transcripts, would be interpreted the way they were, which is unfortunate all Bob was talking about, we, and we filmed this and straightened this out years ago, we've just never broadcast it yet. The main suit had three parts, but Roger Patterson did alter it because they did get together. Patty Patterson was there as well. She saw it uh, to work on the suit, and that's where this horsehide thing came up because Hieronymus says he was told later by several people that Roger had explained some of the modifications that had been done, he never asked uh, Patterson about it because he really didn't care. For him, it was just an issue about money. So what we're going to do, again, is take all of these issues, including the two that uh, Henry raised, mm-hmm. and uh, go through it all. And whatever the answers are, they are. If, if I find, for example, that Hieronymus has lied, and I've never seen any evidence that he has, to be honest with you, I think he's one of the most honest people I've ever met on the planet, uh, I would be the first to, to expose him and admit I'm wrong. But until that happens, we want to move forward. The important thing here is everyone's working together to try to find the common ground. The UFO field <laughs> has yet to learn that lesson, and yet out of the other side of their mouth, they complain that, you know, people are busy attacking each other. Well, they need to start looking in the mirror first and work backwards from that. So I'm honored to work with Henry on it. I want him to take the, be- the best shot, so to speak. We're obligated to take ours back the other direction and i think out of that will come the ultimate truth and that is really what this is about right or wrong we care that we find the truth
3: all right mm-hmm. we've got henry on the phone uh, we've got uh, bill on the phone uh, with us. Good old bill good old bill hey billy
5: how you doing rob uh,
3: we're, we're just doing, doing Hello, great
5: so huh? um... basically i think that the patterson film is real and stuff and it's an american canadian icon legend
6: and wait a just,
3: second, wait a second, wait a second. I've never heard the Patterson film called a Canadian icon.
6: Come on. Canadian it, icon?
5: You know, icon. it is. It uh, is it, not. a world icon. I mean, oh,
3: bull pepper.
5: Yeah, Rob, like I gotta tell you, it, you know, it's, oh, it's come up, on. all over the world. Oh, come know?
3: on, it belongs on Saturday morning cartoons, for goodness sake.
5: Well, it's. I tell you, Rob, you know, there's a lot backing about it this time. It's just, you know,
3: mentioned all There's over a the lot internet. of people who don't have anything better to do with their time than to watch that stupid film and take it for granted and, and actually believe it? My good heavens, no wonder the aliens don't land, because that's proof there's no intelligent life on this planet. <laughs> Come on! But
5: uh, it's just... It's- a lot of stuff coming out about it rob
3: how can anything come out of that film after 40 years that hasn't come out already
6: i don't know but a huh? good point
3: by the way all you've got are a bunch of people who don't know the first thing about anthropology who are saying that they've learned all this crap on the internet and bang come on if bigfoot is out there how come there has not been any concrete evidence or proof that it does exist to this very point? Come on, guys. Let's give your head a shake.
5: Well, the reason why this, Rob, <laughs> is because, see, these creatures know how to hide their body. When they, I mean, when they die, I mean, like any other wildlife, they basically probably hunker down somewhere in the forest.
3: Hey, listen. No other
5: wildlife might eat them, but... Unless we see this on tape or something, or someone witnesses this, it's hearsay, in a sense.
3: So how can you believe in hearsay, then?
5: But that's what it is.
3: All right, so Bigfoot is hearsay.
5: Yes, and no. you see one, Rob. You know, it goes both ways on that, Rob. You know, and that's when the argument comes. You know, and like Cal, like I'm not trying to be mean to you here, but like you said, you're going to have a press conference and all this stuff about this stuff, and when you have that... I know you don't want to hear this. It's going to cause a huge explosion in the community of Bigfoot and all this other stuff. It's listen, just, I, I
3: think I think the biggest amount of Prozac being used today is by Bigfoot researchers. Come on, guys, you're way out on a limb. It's not
6: what
5: you limb, Listen, Bob. I've don't seen. I've rude, seen. Rob.
6: I mean, he's putting you
5: on the spot in X-Nose. I know it's my opinion and all that, and it's not yours. But it's it's going to blow into your face, and I don't want this. I'm not trying to be mean to either both of you. I'm just trying to be honest here. I just don't want to see the Bigfoot community going down on you, Rob. Hey, listen. I'd like them to call you up one night and talk to you for a couple hours
3: about stuff. Listen, public. listen. I, I've got to be honest with you, Bill. They cannot talk to me and prove that Bigfoot exists because they have no proof that Bigfoot exists. It's just like people hunting for Dino the dinosaur on the Flintstones. <laughs>
5: But see, Rob, what you gotta do is you gotta place like an ad in your local paper, you know, like an letter to the editor or something, and tell people, either from the U.S. or Canada, Bill, the media all you about Bigfoot sightings, Bill, not sightings, Bill,
3: Bill, Bill. This is the year two thousand and seven. All right. Yeah. Nobody has any proof that Bigfoot exists. Bigfoot to of the world is a bunch of bunk. It's a bunch of bunk. Nobody's interested in it except a very small percentage of the public. So you can put a billboard up on every major highway and I would be surprised if you received three
5: calls. Believe me, Rob, I get a lot of people picking on me about Bigfoot all the time, and I just deal with it. I just say, you know, whatever they want to believe, they believe. I used to flip out about it, and people would oh, Billy Bigfoot's in the woods, you know, whatever, you know. I just say, okay, whatever. That's their opinion. They want to joke about it, they joke about it. But I'm I'm serious. i seen one two years ago. I I was satisfied, you know, and I continue my research. I keep up on all the radio shows, whatever about it, you know. And I enjoy listening to Exo and all this other stuff when it's talked about. You know,
3: it's just nice. But, Bill, how, you know, like, to be honest with you guys, how many more ways can we hash over this Bigfoot stuff? Like, it is getting so old. There's Rob, nothing. There's right nothing. There's nothing new coming out, and if it does come out, it's probably going to be a bunch of bunk that was created by a bunch of good old boys on the back of a truck in the middle of the bush after a couple of bottles of Jack Daniels.
5: Well, I uh, Rob? say, Rob, it's going to be basically, you know, like every year something new does come up. Sometimes it's false, but sometimes it could actually be something. You know, and when the something, the real something comes up that's something like like about a primate that might look like a sasquatch like the bali apes out in Mm -hmm. africa you know that's one thing that comes close you know and that's what
3: so what you're saying now so what you're saying now bigfoot may actually be an ape and not this mythical folklore legend that people spend their weekends in the bush hunting around because they've got nothing better to do with their lives except hang out in the bush in the middle of the winter, in the middle of the spring, in the middle of the autumn, looking for this 8-foot hairy ape that doesn't exist. I've got to take a commercial break. I'll be back on the other side as we continue right here live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network's The Exxon. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. Boy, does the time ever go fast when you're having fun. Larry Panchuk, John Stanley, TKC Brennan, wherever you are, whether it's on this planet or another TKC, and Cal Corf and Henry May and uh, Billy. Thanks nice talking to you, Bill. On tomorrow night's show, we are, we've got uh, Diane Salerny. The one and only Kenny Kingston and Mike and Sylvie. They're going to be with us tomorrow night. And, um, Cal, gotta thank you for joining us tonight, pal. Uh, didn't, you didn't get to say very much uh, in this last part about Bigfoot, but you know what, Cal? The part I can't understand is they base their lives on this little movie clip.
4: Yeah, I, I don't understand that only because, um, let's say it was true, you you can only go so far with a piece of film, period. Uh, For example, let's say you analyze a UFO film that someone took somewhere. Mm -hmm. Let's say you find no evidence at all that it's faked. It doesn't prove it was from Zeta Reticuli. It can't, because that's not science. It's not in the nature of the evidence. So I would rather take an approach that uh, I hope that Henry and I are advocating, which is to take the issues... Try to find common ground, move forward. That's it. And regarding the Bigfoot thing, there's two ways to look at it. One is post-Patterson, pre-Patterson, and uh, or Patterson and everything else. And Patterson, I think, is closed, will be resolved one way or another for both sides. Mm-hmm. The other is separate of that. And as soon as they meet the standards required by science, then it's time to talk. Until that standard is met, the burden is on them, not the other way around. Uh, They have it backwards when they think that science owes them something. It's the other way around, and the UFO field needs to learn that lesson. They're not young Galileos running around waiting to make the next Nobel discovery. No, they have to meet the standards of science, then they're worthy of that attention.
3: Quickly, Cal, your comments on the terrorist attack in Pakistan this evening.
4: Uh, Unfortunately, it was predictable. Pakistan is... (laughs) not going away it's going to get worse Musharraf's hold on uh... events over there is very shaky and al-qaeda has formally declared war on Musharraf. has tried to kill him before so it's going to get worse before it gets better and as long as we keep avoiding the issue which is to go in there and clean up the areas that need to be cleaned up it's only going to get worse and unfortunately there's nuclear weapons in that area of the world Al-Qaeda's trying to get them. Let's not fool anybody.
3: Cal, speak to you next Thursday night. Take care of yourself, and always great talking to you, buddy.
4: Thank you very much, Rob.
3: Good night. Cal Corf, www.calcorf.com. And just a reminder that um, Premier Psychics are available for readings 24 hours a day, if you'd like to know about your love life if there's a question about your life that is bothering you that you need clarification give Premier Psychics a call at one 803 6593 that's one 803 6593 or go online and visit them at www.premierpsychics.com maybe we should get the psychics at Premier Psychics to look for Bigfoot why don't we also get the little green men to do that too Hmm, maybe we can get John Lethgow to come down and use his famous Bigfoot call. Hey, Superman and Master Control, thanks, buddy, for keeping us up on the three big birds in the sky galaxy 4R, Telstar 7 and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network streaming audio. And now on Aglia 2, to my senior producer and beautiful wife, Laura Rogers, thank you, honey. And to you, the members of the Exone Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day or night no matter where you are. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Until then, take care of each other and always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone.
1: Closing time. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto.